Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine, the fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Welcome to the e-commerce growth show. I hope you're all well. Just a quick update from my lockdown situation at the moment. Um, we obviously, as you know, from uh, previous chats, we've had tablet time for the lads one hour a day up until quite recently, where it's just become all day. Um, and uh, rather than having, you know, just massive arguments all day trying to control it, we've just said, look, let's forget it. Let's get rid of them. So we made the decision, got rid of them. And then I was remarkably amazed at how quickly the kids adapted. And they're now into dens. So dens everywhere, bottom of the garden, all over the house. So we can't move in a lounge at the moment. And, uh, and, and the sort of icing on the cake was uh, we got to bedtime last night and it's about 11 o'clock, pretty tired, got to bed, no pillows. So I was like, hmm, okay. Spent the next 10 minutes walking around the house trying to find them. Eventually found them in the downstairs lounge den in the corner, which apparently is uh, Jodie's relaxation room. So I managed to get them and uh, got a bit of sleep in the end. But anyway, that's enough of me. Uh, so as you know, these podcasts are at the moment doing two great things. Uh, offering thought leadership to the community um, of e-commerce retailers out there uh, and also um, supporting guys that are currently been affected by COVID or are, you know, looking for some exposure and um, thought leadership out there in the community um, to uh, grow businesses or, or start new things or whatever it might be. So on that latter note, actually, I've got a great lady called Lisa Luxford. Now, um, she spent uh, many, many years in e-commerce working with big retailers, brands like Tesco, Dunhumby, My Supermarket, and uh, most recently as a consultant for Maltzy, uh, which is a full-service Amazon agency. But um, more recently, she's decided to change direction and had already trained to become a coach, but is now looking to build a business around that. So I'm really excited to talk to her a bit more about that. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I'm very well. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> not, at all, not at all. Is it is it nice and sunny where you are too? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. yeah that's probably the best bit about um, lockdown, isn't it? To be honest. Oh, yeah, everything's better when it's sunny, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we had a couple of weeks um, of really sort of bad rain, haven't we? And now it's sort of come back to sunshine. I was like, yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, great. Anyway, so um, why don't you start off by telling the guys um, what made you decide to train to become a coach and then obviously more recently build a business around it yeah no problem I mean it came from I felt a bit lost in my in my career so as you said I spent quite a number of years um sort of climbing the ladder in e-commerce really um and thinking that success was all about kind of you know getting the next promotion getting the next step up those kinds of things yeah. but you know as yeah. I was doing that just feeling like you know there's something missing um mm -hmm. and I got the opportunity it was around December last year to, um a, an ex-colleague of mine from Dunhumby actually she's been a coach now for a number of years and she was running a course called the intuitive career journey so um I joined her course and it was absolutely brilliant it was an eight-week course and we looked at things like um flow and um you know what what do you what do you love doing what are you good at yeah. that kind of thing yeah. so awesome. some people might be familiar with the um Japanese um concept of ikigai um mm -hmm. but that looks at kind of you know what are you good at what do you love 
what does the world need and what can you get paid for and where all of those things meet are what will lead yeah. you to you know yeah. living your purpose really Absolutely. and um what I didn't realize was when I looked at you know what am what am I doing when I'm in flow yeah. all of the yeah. things that I do naturally I was thinking yeah. well you can't make a living out of doing that can you can't make a living out of listening or yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. connecting with people or yeah. you know being empathetic yeah. I, I had no idea um, yeah. I hadn't actually ever had a coach before um, and um, yeah f- through that and through talking yeah. to other people I realized that actually there's a whole career out there where you can actually build on your innate absolutely. skills <laughs> which was a revelation <laughs> absolutely no, completely. And that whole flow thing, I've not heard of that, actually, the Ikigai, um, but I completely understand that. I mean, I've did a lot of um, just in terms of life experience and, and some EQI work and all that kind of stuff. I mm. realized that, you know, what were what were the things I was passionate about? And then, like, for me, because I was in sales, it was how do I get the best out of sales by bringing that value system in? But mm. I love the way that you've said it with that, um, that combination, uh, mm. that Japanese, uh, Japanese thing. Yeah, we did some work like that at Dunhumby, actually. They were quite good at looking at sort of values-based behaviour. And we did the Myers-Briggs, so similar, I think, to what you're you're referring to there as well. And um, I always come the same. It's always um, ENFJ, which is the advocate. Um, and actually, oh, yeah. when you look at when you look at the kind of modern version of that, it says, you yeah. know, what what careers would be good for you, and one of them yeah. is coach. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like it's 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 my path where I'm meant to be. But yeah. um, at the time, I was coaching big teams. So you know, I sure. ran Tesco sure. magazine um, when we did um, Myers Briggs, oh, yeah. yeah. um, and I, I kind of sometimes think, oh, I wish I could go back mm-hmm. to that because I'd probably be a better manager now. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, with the kind of coaching yeah. skills there, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see how things go, eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. But so, funnily enough, um, okay. sorry, go on. No, no, you carry on. No, funnily enough, on that course as well was somebody I used to work with at Dunhumby as well. And um, when we were meeting up via Zoom on these nightly, um, these weekly calls, mm-hmm. um, we realised that we didn't live that far away from each other. So I met up with her for a, for a mm-hmm. coffee and... Um, it was her who said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach as well. And I work with this lady called Lydia. Um, she runs yeah. a course on becoming a coach. Because at this point, I was just thinking, you know, how can I use these skills in my current career path? I wasn't thinking of changing. Yeah, I, I was just, yeah. I just felt a bit stuck. I just felt like, yeah. you know, there's something yeah. missing. Um, and I, you know, I said, oh, it's interesting when we've looked at that the chapter on flow that you know mm-hmm. having empathy and being a good listener can be skills mm-hmm. that you can use and she said well I I work with Lydia she's a master coach um and uh, she's running a become a coach course and I was like mm, okay well, I might I might have a look at that and I kind of tentatively put my details into her website yeah. and um then when we had she followed up with a call um yeah. and uh, we had a chat and she said to me well you, we're starting in March. It's a year-long course. There won't be another one until next March. How do you want yeah. to be starting next year? Do you want to be starting next year as a trained coach, or do you want to be still thinking about it? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've got to try this, haven't I? So, yeah. you know, I, and I'm so grateful that I did. And it was yeah. just the best yeah. sales pitch. I think anybody, you know, it's just that yeah. one line. It really yeah. was good. Because yeah. good, um, I, I just thought, I don't want to be starting next year still in the same yeah. place. Yeah. And now here I am six months later, a trained coach, and now I just need to get my hours. You know, I am trained, but I'm now working towards my accreditation. I see. And, um, yeah, so I'm I'm just very grateful to have 
found this journey now um, and be on that path. It feels so great, doesn't it, when you've landed somewhere like it, like you said, it aligns your passions and stuff. You're like, yeah, man, you get you out of bed and you've you've got something you want to crack on with. Mm. Um, So, in terms of just bringing a theme, obviously we're talking about it already. Um, but the, the key thing here that I think you want to get across to our guys is it's the importance of coaching, really, um, and, and why you believe um, it's one of the fastest growing professions actually out there. Mm. Yeah, I, I like I said, I didn't have I hadn't had coaching before. So I've landed in this kind of, you know, via this this sort of different path around yeah. the career journey. And, you know, I had been feeling stuck. I've been feeling very, very low, actually. And I kind of, yeah. you know, just not being able to, I wasn't feeling me. I just, it, it was all, it was an awful period, really. And I, yeah. I thought I needed counselling. And I went to a counsellor yeah. and we were just having this conversation that wasn't, it wasn't getting anywhere. She was looking at the past mm. and yeah, I was thinking, yeah. I don't, I don't need this. I've, I've done this. <laughs> I've done yeah. this work. You know, I don't need to go over yeah. this again. I, I just feel a bit meh. And yeah. What I didn't know at the time was that actually I didn't need a counsellor at all. I needed a coach yeah. because yeah. coaching helps me, people move forward. So it helps people who right. do feel stuck. Um, you know, yeah. it helps people yeah. understand. It involves mm. quite deep work. You know, what what is it you yeah. what is it you need? What is it? Mm-hmm. What's your vision for the future? Mm-hmm. You know, do you mm-hmm. have one? Are you clear on where you're going? Yeah. And it helps get people from a to b so it's not counseling it's not mentoring it's not therapy and and that's important you know because some people might need those services um but actually if you just feel a bit stuck and you need to Mm. move towards a better brighter future (laughs) maybe you don't even know what that is yet then then you need a coach um and i wish i'd found a coach Mm. for myself years ago actually um so yeah, yeah, it can be used for a number of different things, really. You know, you might be really happy where you are in your role, but you want a promotion. You might yeah. be really happy, but you don't agree with the ethics of a company or a direction somebody's taking. And coaching yeah. can help all of those things. Yeah, now it's very interesting actually putting it in that context because there is a big difference, isn't there? What you're saying in terms of coaching versus counselling or mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's good to get that clarity of what it is that you're. That, that one does you know when it comes to co- coaching mm-hmm. um, so do you have um a particular niche then in terms of you know your area of expertise that you're looking to develop or help people with yes I do yeah so I mean the these stuck feelings came after I'd given up um gave given up alcohol so okay. I um I've been through a period of of recovery and done you know done all the work like I said you know with the counseling I, I that's why I felt like you know this isn't getting me there I've done all this work I'm I've recovered I feel healthy now you know but but there's it's like that what next thing and and when you do recover from from any addiction you know whether that be shopping or certain behaviors or alcohol or whatever it is for you you know you need to fill the gap that that leaves Mm -hmm. because actually so much time is taken up obsessing about that that thing you've been addicted to when you do get free from it you have quite a lot of time back so um you know it's like what you know what's what's now what's going to fill that gap so Mm -hmm. I think because I've been I've been through that journey. I hate the word journey. It's a bit, <laughs> but you know, I've been through that that process, <laughs> and yeah. I feel so much better now. Having well, I'm two years sober now, um, so yeah. I haven't had any any alcohol for two years, and I feel Brilliant. so much better for that. Yeah. 
that I want to help other people achieve that because actually our society is set up to, well, alcohol is the only drug you have to justify not taking, isn't it? I mean, you know, a lot, and I think a lot of people are stuck in behavior patterns that aren't serving them anymore, but actually don't know how to get out. So that's where my passion lies now is, you know, how can I help people Mm. get to, a brighter future where they do feel healthy. They do feel in control of their emotions. They do feel, well, I call it emotional freedom. I've Mm -hmm. achieved emotional freedom from, you know, cracking the addiction to alcohol. And I want uh, to help other people feel emotionally free now. And I think, especially at the times we're in, you know, I read at the weekend, the statistics on the increase in alcohol sales over the last three months. And it really worries me because I see, you know, I see a lot of people oh, yeah. and I hear a lot of people saying, you know, that their, their drinking has increased. And yeah. I hear partners of people whose inc- yeah. drinking has increased and it's yeah. becoming problematic. Yeah. Um, and I think that actually when we do come out of this pandemic, there might be quite a number of people who might need help yeah. releasing no. themselves from that cycle. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. Um I mean, the, the thing that strikes me is obviously we, we just talked previous, previously about being coaching as opposed to counselling. But mm. my question for you is if, for example, somebody is out there, you know, that does have, as far as they're concerned, a problem with alcohol that is needing some deep work, like you said, right? How, mm. Do you do you bridge the gap between counselling and coaching if it does end up that the root is in that place as opposed to just being you know, A to B type cancer, uh, sorry, coaching, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. So, so we're trained to know the difference in terms of what people need. So if I hear somebody who I think actually they've got to the point where, you know, an intervention might be required or rehab might be required, then, you know, there's a place for that. I think where I, my services would fit is, is catching people on the way down. So people who've recognized those behaviors before, they get to the point where they might need um, an intervention. Yeah. You know, there's 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 are organisations out there like, you know, AA is is a absolutely fantastic. You know, um, yeah. there, there's there's help for people. But if say for example you don't want to do that or you recognise that this is a behaviour that you really want to break free from, but just having some problem doing that, mm-hmm. um, then I can yeah. then I can help you. I, f- I feel yeah. like it's catching people on the way down. If you see what I mean, before they no, get no, to that no. point where they can't, they really can't see a, a way out. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. there are it, there are important nuances and differences in there. I mean, it yeah. it comes down to you know I used to joke that yeah. you know I used to say, oh yeah, I'm a functioning alcoholic, you know, yeah. and and you know yeah. thinking that that was okay, <laughs> but actually you know yeah. it, it wasn't yeah. okay. You know, functioning yeah. we shouldn't be functioning. Yeah. We should be thriving. You know, yeah. and I used to think. Yeah that that was normal so when yeah. those behaviors start to become your normal that's mm. when it should be triggering for you I don't think I should be doing yeah. this or how am I feeling yeah. about this behavior or how is this behavior yeah. making me feel now and if it's not yeah. actually serving yeah. you anymore yeah. that's yeah. where coaching can come in and and again you know it, it might not be alcohol it might be any behavior yeah. that's not serving you anymore would, would you do you that then, if, if it wasn't drinking or something else would you still be the coach in that scenario or are you very much focusing on the the alcohol side only if you like 
Oh no, not at all. No, I mean I, you know, I'm trained as a as a as a life coach, so you know yeah. it can be any any behaviour that you just want to break. Um, yeah. you know something, yeah, something that's just not serving you anymore. Yeah. Um, okay, but you're just focusing on the fact that you're particularly sort of passionate on the drinking side, but then it could be pretty much anything. Um, yeah. If you like, okay, cool. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay, so what about um, just looking at some of the details around? over drinking in general it can be like you say a bit of a slippery slope um mm. get a bit of a taste for it i know i can um i actually I was talking to previous um guys on a, i think the very first one of series two where we went out especially when you go out you know you went for we had a curry night and i was drinking gin all night and i was watching some of these youngsters and they weren't touching a drop it i was like wow mm. um but i mean so so what what sort of things do you mention to to advise people in terms of how to stop over drinking yeah it's really interesting you say that about young people it's really heartening to see that actually younger people don't seem yeah. to have the behaviors that we do yeah my son's 18 yeah. and I yeah. he definitely doesn't drink at the same it, yeah. in the same way as I did when I was 18 yeah. at all which I'm so grateful for yeah. um yeah. so I'm very grateful that I managed yeah. to kind of stop where I did and start modeling yeah. a different behavior for, yeah. for him yeah. um yeah, yeah so I mean there are it's funny I put um I did put on my um social media when I'd reached that two years and a few people yeah. reached out to me and went how did you do it <laughs> you know and actually yeah. you know I did I set up some coaching calls with them and it's about finding out what their triggers are um so it's always about yeah. you know what is it yeah. that drives that particular person because coaching is all yeah. about the other person but you know I I know how I did it and mm-hmm. you know you first of all you have to make the decision because all change, it starts with just a, one decision. Um, so yeah. you have to have that kind of, I've had enough moment. Yeah. You know, this yeah. isn't, this isn't right anymore. This isn't, you know, I'd have a drink and it wouldn't give me that little high that it used to, you know. Yeah. So it's like, well, it's not, it's not even rewarding me in the way it used to. Now it's only taking away. So when, mm-hmm. when the behaviours start to kind of just rob you of the things that you thought it was giving you, then you know yeah. that you're probably at that had enough yeah, point or the rock bottom point. Yeah, and where, where then you're going to other places, aren't you, to then try and get what you had before, but it's kind of waning in yes. terms of the alcohol side. Say it was like a glass of wine becomes half a glass of wine. Sorry, a bottle of wine becomes yeah. a bottle of wine or whatever, right? That kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, or you start kidding yourself about how much you've had, or you know, or, or like starting yeah. to negotiate with your. This is the, <laughs> this is what used to kill me: the negotiating yeah. with myself until I bored myself right. silly. You know, well, if yeah. I have that, then then I won't have anything till Thursday, and you know, but yeah. you know, eventually yeah. those erode. And yeah. the thing is, alcohol is yeah. a really tricky substance because yeah. it 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 kids you. You know, it kids you yeah. into thinking that things, you know, have one drink and you thought, and then, you yeah. know, one, one is too many and a thousand is never enough, as they say, you know, right. so yeah. you, but it's actually a depressant as well. So you have to have yeah. more every time to get that same high. And so, you know, yeah, right. it, when you're in that cycle of that mm. just downward spiral, then, you know, you need to kind of, mm. you, you mm. do need to mm. stop because mm. I, I still remember the kind of the guilt and the shame mm. of, Oh, you know, a feeling like, oh, I've I've done it again. I've drunk too much again, mm-hmm. and yeah. no one should be living in guilt and shame. <laughs> you know, no. it's a very horrible place to be. So, when yeah. you get to that point, that's when you should reach out for help. And that's what I did. I reached yeah. out for help. I was like, you know what, yeah. I do need yeah. help. And 
yeah. if you've got to that point, chances are other people have probably noticed and other people will probably get you that help or help you get the help. And I'm here yeah. to, to, to help as well and Absolutely. talk people yeah. through, you know, um, how yeah. to break free of that vicious mm. cycle, mm. really. No, that's, that's excellent. Um, so what about some top tips, if you like? Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe give the guys, uh, you know, a bit of feedback on or a bit of um, info on how, what sort of things you did when you gave up alcohol. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I did a few things that were really easy, actually, really easy things that um, don't involve any sort of deep work or coaching yeah. or anything like that. It's, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I, the, one of the things I did was I don't, there's sober apps out there, so you can download an app and it counts your days oh, yeah. for you. That's how I know I've done 760 days. It's not because I'm literally chalking them up on the wall like some sort of prisoner uh, in sobriety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I've got an app that tells me and it's quite nice. Um, yeah. But I quite like that because it's, a, it's, and, and this will probably appeal to youngsters as well. It's that streak yeah. thing. You know, they have to have a streak on their yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on Duolingo. Yeah. I noticed that I've got a streak going and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, you know, don't break the chain. Don't break the chain. You know, when, the thought yeah. now of me having yeah. one drink and sending me back to day one, breaking mm-hmm. my 760 day streak is heartbreaking. I couldn't do it, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like a really little thing. But I, I yeah. used it for doing yeah. a plank a day as well. So I did a plank for. 800 oh, days <laughs> yeah i had to do it for 30 seconds no matter where i was and i ended up doing planks in all sorts of funny places if i was traveling but um yeah so yeah. so that that's 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 quite a nice tool to have um yeah. find yeah. a community as well there are some nice communities yeah. online facebook and instagram there's some um you know where people will encourage you you know community yeah. and connection with people is something that is very very critical I think to keeping you sober um if you want to get if you want to get sober and uh and that community community can um extend to books as well so there is a a big sober community out there actually and they're incredibly Mm. inspiring Mm. so one of the first books I read was uh, the sober diaries by Claire Pooley she was a mum um who you know she had again you know didn't think she had a problem until she did you know and she is a very it's quite it's a it's a heartwarming uplifting book and I listened to that on audible as I was walking and um that really helped um unexpected joy of being sober by Catherine Gray all these people have Instagram accounts as well so you know find one that speaks to you um Mm. and Mm. there are a lot of very inspiring people out there who have been through recovery and you look at their lives yeah. and you think they're yeah. so cool look at the life they're living you know it it makes you think you know yeah. oh you know don't think about what you're giving up think about what you're gaining yeah no completely you know i've got so i've got a question for you now i asked this question to michael boyle when uh, as i said going back to this curry night thing and i asked him i think i asked him on well i mentioned it at least on the on the podcast earlier in the series but the question is this right so when i go out for a curry drink whatever it might be I feel more relaxed. I feel like I enjoy myself more if I have a drink or a few. I'm not saying get wrecked. You know, mm. I'm saying having a few drinks. Mm. Um, so my, my question is, and we had this sort of chat at the table, because I, I quite enjoy that feeling. I'm, mm. I'm not necessarily, let's say for argument's sake, we're not in a coaching situation here, right? I mean, I don't think I have a problem with alcohol. Mm. Certainly I've had patches where I've detected that I've, drank too much and I start to reel it back again Mm. but um I do enjoy the feeling of having a few beers or a few wines whatever did my question really is 
did you ever have that or did you ever miss that or how did you move beyond that so that Mm -hmm. you now haven't drunk for like you know two years Mm -hmm. and you clearly don't miss that element of what alcohol can do yeah there are moments where I do I mean you know it's not all it's not all perfect you know there are some days if I'm in the garden and it's a nice day and if I've got drum and bass on I've learned not to put drum and bass on on a sunny day it reminds me of being in Ibiza so (laughs) and I need to go back to Ibiza and see the the the, say the the sane healthy um wholesome side of the island to take that away um but you know there are some days where I think oh I'd love to have a whatever whatever drink you know um but I just have to get through that you know 10 minutes later it will have gone so you know there were times where I used to like the ritual of it so you know and this might not work for some people because you can get nice alcohol free um rosés and wines and gins and now and and all of those things so if it's the ritual I was missing I would still have that alcohol free gin and the tonic and the ice and the nice glass so I'm still having the ritual just to get me through that 10 minutes where then I realized that do you know what it's not the drink I'm missing I, now yeah. I've relaxed into having this curry with my mates or this drink outside with my mates. It's the company that's important. And yeah. what yeah. I have to remember is that actually when I used to be at a festival, mm-hmm. I used to have to get wasted to enjoy it yeah. because I was standing in a field with a load of people who were half my age and it was tragic yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like I was drinking to get over the fact yeah. that this wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah, if something yeah, is yeah. genuinely enjoyable, you don't yeah. need the alcohol to make it more enjoyable. It's the experience. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that, sure. they're the kind of techniques I would use, just kind of remembering, yeah. is yeah. it the alcohol I'm missing or is it the event and separating them out? Yeah. yeah. And I suppose as well is the whole point about the coaching is that it's supposed to be, you know, for people that genuinely feel that there's a bit of a slippery slope going on, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you can enjoy a drink and then put the bottle down and leave it for the next day for that one glass or whatever I assume, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just don't understand that. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't have one glass. That's the thing. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I'd rather I, not have it. Yeah, I was the same though. Um, but, but this is where my other half is, I've, I've got to thank, because she is much, much more measured than I am. Mm. And you know what it's like in marriage, you know, mm. over the years. If you if you're in a good one, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, then and, and obviously all, all marriages are, are hard work and should be, you know, it's not plain sailing. But I, I if if it's working well, then you kind of rub off on each other, mm. and certainly the good parts of her, to a degree, are either things that I, you know, I know I should try and pay more attention, or in 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 some cases, like in terms of alcohol, it's been a bit of a journey for me. But mm. now I can safely say to you that there's a, there's a bottle of Malbec, you know, Co-op Malbec Fiver is our, our favourite kind of wine. And um, it's just chucked on the side there. And I can generally say to you now, like, and this is only reasonably recently, that I can have a glass and then put the bottle back and then leave it. And I might even leave it a few days and then I have another glass. I was like, mm. wow, this, that's cool. Yeah, so, that's cool. You know, I could but, never have done that. No, no, I, I, yeah, I didn't for many years, I'll be honest. But just just very quickly, quick left field question here. Mm. For all the drum and bass fans out there, okay, <laughs> so your favourite drum and bass DJ was... Oh gosh! Oh, um, well, don't let me down there, right? Yeah, no, I, I, 
I guess Chase and Status. I used to love a bit of Chase and oh, Status. I see. So you've sold out, right? To the yeah. Uh, the I mean, yeah. I do. I mean, I do like Wilkinson, and yeah, yeah I used to. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to say, Chase and Status was probably my favourite gig. Know, Alec, Alexander Palace. Yeah. It was amazing. They were yeah. absolutely yeah, fantastic. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember the Metalheads, but um, there's there's only one hardcore underground. Um, drum bass DJ, and that is Dillinger. Just oh, okay. So, just so everyone knows, oh, okay. it's Dillinger. Anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, I used to love a bit of Andy C as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, great stuff, great stuff. But yeah, fairly, fairly mainstream, I'm afraid. I'm not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh Brilliant. Anyway, so moving on then, right? So, um, so we have we were talking about um, the key to staying sober. So let's go past the journey. We're now staying sober how do you how do you maintain that yeah so that's about um forming new neural pathways basically so you know all behaviors are learned (laughs) and that includes you know nightly drinking or you know your reward pathways in your brain having been forged via whatever it is you're addicted to so it's important to basically create new neural pathways that um so setting up new daily habits so you know my favorite time of day now and this is going to sound boring i'm sure but my favorite time of day now is getting up going out for a walk doing my meditation and again that might be different for everybody some people might be going up and going for a run you know it journaling there are loads of kind of daily small tiny actions that you can take to set yourself up for a day for for a day which sets you up for the week sets you up for the month you know all these tiny actions add up to a good healthy life and a good healthy mind and you know and it's always good to have a big hairy goal as well so when I first gave up I put in a goal which was uh doing an obstacle course race so really you know half a marathon 100 obstacles massive heights I hate heights so giving myself something else to aim for that I knew I had to get out of my comfort zone I had to get out and train and I had to do that so you know a combination of lots of tiny atomic habits they call there's a good book called atomic habits um coupled with you know a big hairy goal that you need to get to that's going to replace all of that kind of the the, the hole that's left by you know your, your your alcohol consumption your hangovers you're thinking about drinking you're negotiating with yourself you know replace it with some some good stuff that's going to be healthy because i read the other day actually that a definition of a, a bad habit is that it serves you in the short term but takes away in the long term but a good habit will it, it feels hard to do in the short term but it will reward you in the long term yeah and what about those um those moments those absolute moments where like you mentioned or we were talking about earlier like say i don't know for me it might be getting home from work at well say say in, in previous times segment of i do an eight hour commute pretty much and then get home about seven thirty or something and i the first thing i want to do is you know crack up a tinny or crack on a bottle of wine or something what do you do about those thick moments if you like mm. in, in the area of forcing new habits and stuff yeah i used to call it the witching hour actually that yeah, getting, right. that getting yeah. home moment and yeah. and yeah. Uh, funny enough this i did steal from Claire Pooley's book in the Sober Diaries. So yeah. she used to struggle with that point as well. And I did as well. It was about between yeah. about five and seven o'clock. Yeah. And I really had to cling on for dear life between yeah. five and seven o'clock. Once yeah. I'd eaten, once seven o'clock had passed, I was all right again. It was that witching hour. And she yeah. um she actually used to call it the wine witch calling. 
and the wine witch didn't quite work for me. So I um I I envisionized um I visualized um uh it was what's the name an alien <laughs> a Ripley an alien protecting the oh, little yeah. girl. Um, yeah. So my inner child was the little girl hiding behind Ripley, and yeah. she was and and I had the the, the bigger part of me, my higher power yeah. was Ripley. Yeah. Yeah basically standing there with a massive machine gun going get away from her you bitch uh, <laughs> and now i used to address the alcohol like that like leave her alone yeah yeah but i mean now i don't even think about it to be honest now the new habits are yeah. formed they're gone but that in those yeah. early days where you really have to fight wow. i used to visualize actually fighting so it's actual <laughs> proper so you have, to, you have to put effort into visualizing something yeah, in, in those early yeah. days. Yeah, I think yeah. so. That's what worked for me. I mean, it might not work yeah. for somebody else, um, yeah. but that's yeah. certainly what worked for me. Um, and, yeah. and I got that from reading yeah. the sober literature. Mm, mm. No, that's that's really cool. And I, I have heard a lot about visualisation, but it's interesting that when we talk about this, it's it's not it, it's it, it could be daunting. You know, the the concept of of saying taking alcohol out of your life completely if you feel that you can't control it, or or you know cutting back, or doing what you don't want to do in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like about it is actually talking about visualization is something that is clear. There's a mm-hmm. there's a re- something you have to do. Okay, mm-hmm. might not be easy, but if you do this, it is actually the beginning of reversing that process. As opposed to thinking there's this massive mountain in front of me, mm-hmm. and um, how on earth am I going to get over that? Mm-hmm. You know? so, um, yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that because you know on the flip side of it. Often people, like, I think some people innately are phenomenal visualizers, mm. like mathematicians, and that's why they are, I don't know, successful in whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's business or ministry or whatever it might be. Um, and then, for example, there was this guy who I met who was a football coach, and he took through that football team, visualizing them winning the championship mm. every day before training, and they would literally act out the entire situation like going up collecting the cup going like open yeah. up the champagne i don't think they do that every night but um doing something like that and mm. and shouting balling their heads off because they've won hugging and all that high fives and business and then even going as far as doing like the the photograph and everything mm. you know? yeah and um, and apparently it, it massively i can't remember the team now but it'll be on youtube somewhere but apparently they did amazingly well and i think they even won that mm. cup, you know yeah um, yeah so yeah that's really interesting it's really powerful and you know sometimes funny enough I coached somebody last week and it she said to me at the beginning you know I I don't know what my vision is I don't know what it is I don't know what my thing is so the session was on helping her find the vision because everybody knows what it is deep down but sometimes it's actually quite hard to surface if especially if you've been doing something that you you don't love for a while or you've been kind of you know for me I was drinking down my emotions you know I was I'm a very emotional person and that's uncomfortable sometimes and it's uncomfortable for other people so you know for years I'd been I'd been stifling myself with you know medication essentially so you know so actually being able to visualize it is a skill but it's something that can be learned and it's something that's incredibly powerful and and that's definitely something that coaching can help with that's fantastic and you know this thing um i remember a long time ago talking about the thing about saying like i don't know what my vision is i don't know what my vision is and this i know you'll probably know this already but it was just revelationary for me but so simple somebody was saying to me 
and 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 I I don't I don't find it difficult to unearth what I'm passionate about as a, as a person. You know, I'm reasonably well attuned to it. But somebody said to me, you know what, to a bunch of guys in the room, um, what are you passionate about? Some people were like coming straight out with it. Da, 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 I love this. I love that. Um, you know, I'm really driven. I love a challenge. You know, this kind of stuff. You know. Um, then other people were like, don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he turned around. The guy, I think it was a lady as well, turned around and said, um, all right. Let's not focus on what you what you what you're passionate about. I want you to write the longest list you can about everything you hate. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> and so everybody in the room, right, started saying, "You know what? I absolutely bloody hate people who are late. I hate people who are arrogant. I can't stand people who are tight." Mm. And all this stuff. And they went for this massive list, and then they went through it, and everyone didn't really understand what was going on. And of course, they turned around and said, "Well, look." What you've just said is everything that you're passionate about, but yeah. in reverse. Yeah. And so you flip that coin, and all of a sudden you find out what you're passionate about by, by you know, by identifying what you really, really can't stand. I thought yeah. that was brilliant. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so I hate people being late. I value punctuality, yeah. which exactly. because it comes yeah. from good manners and yeah. you know the values exactly. that are attached to that behaviour. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That I love that. I love yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed this chat. And, Thank um, you, so have I. Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, so, what, it, obviously, we've been talking about life coaching and alcohol and that kind of stuff, which I think is just fantastic um, to help anybody out there, you know, right now listening, especially, uh, I know you were talking earlier about e-commerce at the moment and the pandemic and how that might have affected stress levels. And, mm. you know, for both ways, it could be your business has fallen off a cliff and you're really struggling to survive or it could be the way around and you're like mano mano and it's completely nuts and you know you've got the stress mm. on both sides so clearly um you know please you know lisa's here for that type of scenario but also um you know while she's building the business we talked about this earlier you know she's a very experienced e-commerce director as well and also you know could could be open for opportunities to help brands as well as doing the coaching piece and maybe at the same time we don't know but either way you know um lisa what would be the best way for guys to get in touch with you for kind of both or or either or of those type scenarios yeah thank you um so i'm on linkedin um so you yeah. can always reach me on linkedin um or you can reach me on lisa at lisaluxford.com um or i'm on instagram as well that would be more for the coaching for more personal that's lisa yeah. underscore luxford underscore double one double one awesome okay so any of those channels yeah so lisa underscore luxford l-u-x-f-o-r-d underscore one 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 yeah or as you say linkedin or lisa at lisa luxford.com your own domain very nice yes (laughs) Yes. Um, one thing to finish off with i love to do this just to give an extra sort of nugget of wisdom to our to to the guys listening um what would you uh, love them to to go away with um, I think, given we've been talking about the the sobriety piece um, for yeah. most most of it, I think, you know, just that if you do feel like you're trapped in a cycle of over drinking, yeah. um, and but you think you're going to lose something by giving it up, yeah. what I found is that actually the emotional freedom you gain from sobriety brings you more peace and joy than the temporary high of booze ever will. Yeah. It certainly haven't has for me um you know and I do believe that everyone deserves a life where they feel happy and fulfilled and at peace and joyful you know we're meant to feel that way and um that starts with accepting yourself and and loving yourself um yeah that sounds absolutely great and it's really refreshing to have this type of chat on this series I think 
Um, but uh, as I say, thanks so much, Lisa. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. If you haven't um, done so already, please do register um, on the uh, segmentify.com forward slash podcast URL. That will give you all the new podcasts like this one that come out um, and any existing ones and future ones that we'll be doing. Uh, Please uh, leave any reviews that you'd like on the Apple Player or follow us on Spotify. Uh, And obviously, you can email me anytime you want. If you have any questions, uh, you want to be involved in any way, or there are any particular topics like this kind of thing or anything else that you'd love us to research and then uh, talk to thought leaders about. Um, So thank you all again. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you. See you again soon. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you. Sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider. Set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com slash demo.